0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I am Richard Haynes with Manhattan Pacific Realty. We're a locally owned uh, boutique real estate brokerage here in the South Bay of Los Angeles covering uh, Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, Hermosa Beach, and the Palos Verdes Peninsula. Uh, We are off to our third episode. Podcast here. So we're getting into a little rhythm, which makes me excited. Uh, We had about a 14 month gap from episode one to two. We now have just a couple weeks in between uh, episode two and three, and I'm shooting for episode four um, in the next couple days for you guys. So thanks for hanging in there with me as we're getting our groove down with the podcast. Um, And so I'll jump right into um, this show's topic, which is. Uh, kind of everything everyone's been talking about for the last few weeks with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I made a commitment. A lot of you know that uh, most of the information and thoughts that I share on South Bay real estate are through my weekly blog at Manhattan Pacific uh, And oftentimes it's always about real estate. Uh, And I thought it was the right time for me to talk about the Black Lives Matters movement uh, on my blog. Uh, And, you know, Black Lives Matter spans the entire country and different ways of life. And I wanted to take uh, some of the injustices that have been done to people of color Um, in the real estate world and share that with my readers and uh, did a post last week that I'm going to just kind of rehash here just a short summary and add in a little bonus um, about uh, another story that I think you'll all be interested at the end and I'll write about later Um, but uh, there is systemic racism within real estate that goes as far back as uh, recording real estate title can go here in California in the Los, greater Los Angeles area and here in the South Bay. And uh, the kind of the five topics I'm going to get into are deed restrictions uh, on the chain of title that I saw very early in my career that bothered me and kind of made me privy to the racism that existed in, in our local area within real estate Topic number two, a story about the Laws family in Watts, a a black family who purchased real estate and was discriminated against um, that helped uh, at least start to change some of the systemic racism down the road with some case law um, on their situation. And then topic number three, kind of getting into some of the uh laws passed by our federal government and, and really the California state government to help curb some of the systemic racism and a story in Southwood, a local area here in Torrance. Talk quickly, topic number two, uh, or excuse me, four, proposition 14, and then ended up uh, with the final topic, the bonus about Bruce's beach in Manhattan Beach. So let's jump right into it. Topic number one, title reports and deed restrictions. So early in my career... And still to this day, I nerd out, obviously, on real estate more than others, more than your average home buyer or seller, uh, and I'd like to think even more than sometimes the average agent. And I get a kick out of reading title reports and not just reading title reports, but clicking the hyperlinks and reading the documents recorded on title and even sometimes asking the title companies for a full title report to read what's going on in title. And what i noticed in my early 20s and and continued to notice is that title reports always said any restrictions on a deed that have to do with protected classes age sex and and skin color among others were not legally enforceable and i was kind of like man that's odd why that's on there and as i started to dive into title reports I would see on almost every single chain of title on every property we owned escrow on that opened escrow on, there were open and notorious statements of former owners putting on deed restrictions saying that you may not sell this property to someone of color, and they would name, uh, you know, black Americans or, or Negroes back in the time, they would name Mexicans, Chinese, Asians, um, uh, you know, you'd see Oriental on the chain of title uh, when, when addressing Asians, and it just shocked me that sellers wanted to keep their neighborhoods white, and they could do that legally in the early 1900s, By writing in a deed restriction, much like people do in Manhattan Beach where uh, they'll purchase a property and negotiate the air rights to the property in front of them and they'll record a deed restriction saying a house cannot be built higher than 20 feet in front of me um, to preserve my view and if the owner of the property in front agrees – and, and makes a deed restriction, it's enforceable. Normally that owner's getting compensation for it, but these sellers uh, in the early 1900s and really probably through the mid-1900s in some circumstances were just putting on restrictions to keep people of color out of their neighborhoods. And those restrictions were legally enforceable for quite a long time. Um, Charlotte Bass, um, who was the lead editor and uh, an activist of the California Eagle, um, a, a black uh, a lady in the early 1900s, wrote about how she saw, or at least from her research, that 95% of the sprawling city of Los Angeles had some sort of deed restriction against people of color. And so this is just a, a this is just real estate and the discrimination um, that were brought against blacks um, and kept uh, uh, people of color in, in our state, our country, our local area from owning real estate. And some of the hurdles, just one of of the hurdles they had to overcome in our society, which leads me to, uh, Anna and Henry Laws. Uh, they were two, uh, they were a married black couple, uh, that in 1933 purchased land in the rural community of Watts, which now we know is not rural. It is a a snarling, Uh, part of our metropolis here in Los Angeles. And at the time, they purchased two adjoining lots in 1933, uh, vacant lots. And over 11 years, they saved their hard-earned money and decided to build their dream home in 1944. When they built their home and completed it and were moving in, the white residence in Watts became angered by a black family that moved into their neighborhood. And the seller that sold the Laws family the property back in 1933 had discussed the deed restrictions to the Laws. The Laws had said, hey, you know, we see that there's deed restrictions that say you can't sell this property to people of color. And the seller said, oh, no, 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 you don't have to worry About those deed restrictions. They aren't legal. So the seller lied to them, which would be uh, illegal at this time as well, in terms of disclosure in in my business and my practice, um, sold them that it wasn't a big deal. And when they had saved for over a decade and built their dream home, uh, the white community uh, tried to intimidate them. Uh, And eventually, in in a multitude of ways, you know, burning crosses, I think they had to deal with the KKK, and eventually filed a lawsuit against them to be evicted from their home because of the deed restrictions on their property. And at the time, uh, those laws were enforceable. And a judge ruled against the law family uh, that they could not live in the property and told them that they had to move. The laws, of course, refused to move. Uh, and I don't blame them. And, and reading up on this story, it was infuriating to hear that someone could purchase um, a property, a property legally, and with their own hard-earned money, invest so much into a property, and then have it taken away from them from the for the color of their skin. Just you know, I'm sure it angers uh, most of us, a majority of us. I hope everyone in this country. Um, and they refused to, to move, and were put in jail. Uh, and to, to make a a long story short that I should probably examine for a longer period of time, uh, they ended up, uh, pushing back, um, other, uh, families of color across the country, uh, ended up. Uh, taking uh, deed restrictions to the supreme court and it was thankfully ruled unconstitutional and families across the country and the law's family and and I think it was another uh, you know Eight to a dozen families that had been removed from their homes in California, or at least LA, uh, were able to move back into their homes. But uh, to me, this was just shocking that this happened in the '40s during you know, uh, you know, World War II, post World War II, and and that. You know, my grandparents were alive for that. And the effects of my grandparents growing up in that environment and the systemic racism and what they saw from their parents or grandparents doing to people of color and how that could um, consciously or unconsciously affect them and then how that's passed down to generations. It just was an incredible story to me. And that was just the tip of the iceberg of what black Americans had to deal with as we move forward in Changing real estate laws to make them more fair and and you know not discriminatory, which leads me to the Unruh Civil Rights Act in 1959 and the Rumford Fair Housing Act uh, Act in 1963. These were California laws passed um, uh, by legislators. To try and get rid of discrimination in real estate, deed restrictions uh, had become unlawful, uh, but people were able to discriminate just on their own accord as a seller or a landlord, um, et cetera, et cetera. And these uh, these acts were used to curb that discrimination, especially um, the. Rumford Fair Housing Act, uh, which gave fair protection to renters and buyers to help end discrimination, now that's end by making it illegal. Was it enforced? Probably not. And you'll see very shortly how not. But to end it by lenders, brokers, property owners, landlords, it was legal for real estate brokers to take Black Americans to other communities if they didn't think that they would fit in with a white-only community or an Asian community, et cetera. And the the Rumford Fair Housing Act uh, made that unlawful. But um, the story of the developer Don Wilson Sr. of Don Wilson Builders in uh, a new subdivision in Torrance, the Southwood area. Uh, they actually had a sales office on Evelyn Avenue, which struck home with me because we sold a house on Evelyn Avenue in Southwood uh, a couple years ago. Uh, and this developer, Don Wilson, was not selling property to black Americans. He wasn't showing it to them. Um, And this was in 1963, um, after the Rumford Fair Housing Act was passed, along with the UNRWA uh, Act being passed earlier in 1959. And they were openly and notoriously uh, violating that law. And really, it wasn't being enforced. Um, And you should really click the link to to my blog. Um, LA Curb did a great piece on this whole story, but essentially it uh, attracted the eyes of everyone in LA, uh, with protests, much like you're seeing today as a result of the George Floyd, <clears throat> excuse me, murder. And you saw whites, blacks, uh, all different types of people coming out to protest against this developer. And, you know, even Marlon Brando was out walking with, uh, the protesters, um, and there was some progress made. There was a property sold to um, a black family, but it was a huge fight. There were concessions made, and and obviously discrimination still existed within that um, subdivision and with the developer. and And it would probably take decades to really truly unwind some of the things that were done um, in this case years prior and to really even try to enforce those laws because they're hard to prove. And and some people throw their hands up and go, why would we even try and sue someone on these laws? And do they even have the money to pursue that when they could buy a house elsewhere and hopefully create wealth that way? Moving on to Proposition 14, this was shortly after the Rumford Fair Housing Act, which was in 1963. Prop 14 was in 1964, one year later. And it was a reaction to the Rumford Fair Housing Act that sought to eliminate discrimination um, in real estate, in housing. And this was dubbed by its supporters uh, to revise Rumford in the, in, in the, um, Support of property rights. So saying, hey, this is the United States of America. Being able to own property is, is a right uh, guaranteed by the Constitution in, in many circumstances. Um, so you can't tell someone if they can or cannot discriminate. And so it was masked as a, as a property rights proposition to curb the Rumford Fair Housing Act. And if you can believe it, at the time, it was endorsed by the LA Times. So you can see that, that media and how it could affect the greater population. And when the proposition went to vote, it won 65% of the vote. for So a wide, wide margin, a majority of the population voted to essentially discriminate in favor of quote-unquote property rights, um, which is more kind of that – You know whether it was conscious racism at the time, but it it was a form of unconscious racism um, that still that that affected people of color, the black community, from obtaining and owning property that they should have been able to legally purchase and build wealth for their families. Thankfully, two years later, the California Supreme Court ruled Proposition 14 unconstitutional within the state. And it was repealed, and thankfully it continued on to the Supreme Court and was heard by the Supreme Court a year later and confirmed by the United States Supreme Court, which is a big win because then that sets case law for all states across the country, uh, not allowing them to um, – put restrictions or, uh, I guess, allow discrimination on property in the interest of, quote-unquote, property rights. Um, so it didn't just apply to California, but after the Supreme Court confirmed it, that's case law for the entire nation, um, which was a big victory in, in progress um, for discrimination in real estate. Um so before I get into the bonus piece on, on Manhattan Beach and, and Bruce's Beach, you know, just, just some thoughts on this is, you know, it's it's amazing that systemically our government w- was allowing people to put in deed restrictions to pre- prevent people of color from owning property uh, up until the very recent, recent history here. Uh, even the FHA – uh, had redlining maps, which you can click a link to my blog and see the old maps of of our government's lending program redlining and making uh, loans more expensive to areas uh, where people of color uh, lived and or just wouldn't lend, um, and and allowing discriminatory zoning as well, um, and then you know just all the damage this caused because that empowered white residents to uh, protect their neighborhoods out of fear that was just completely unjustified. And you have these horrible cases like the Laws family where what type of damage does that do to them over a decade or two of saving money and then getting thrown in jail and the fight for many, many years to even try and get your home back and the stress and and the time, and not you know not being able to focus on work and continuing to build your wealth and maybe buying more properties or stocks or whatever, um, and then even up into the mid '60s when my parents were in elementary school, you have cases of developers openly discriminating against people of color buying real estate. Uh, You know, one part that I, you know, left out was that Nazis and KKK members were marching against the protesters back in 1963 in Southwood Torrance. And I know my mom was living in Palos Verdes, going to Montemalaga Elementary School back at that time. And it just, it blows my mind that that is such recent history and that's just real estate and home ownership. Uh, what are all the other challenges from getting jobs, um, uh, You know, being uh, treated properly or fairly of maybe just going to a restaurant or when you were pulled over by a police officer, how you were treated back during those times? Just to name a few that that people of color have had to work with, and obviously up until today, with the murder of George Floyd and obviously um, the inspiration that has caused from people of color um, and and now what looks to be the white community in support that really there is just still systemic racism and we have a very, very long way to go on these topics. But hopefully um, some of this real estate history can give you a background on, um, uh, you know, how, how People have been set back and discrimin- discriminatory practices we've seen for decades that probably still run uh, in a way today, and that we have a long, long way to go in the Black Lives Matter fight. Um, so I'll leave you with the bonus story. Um, I forgot to mention it in my blog and, and I, I feel terrible about it. Thankfully, I have great readers who brought it up and other people speaking out about it locally. But Bruce's Beach in Manhattan Beach, if you drive through Manhattan Beach uh, ever and you're driving on Highland, you pass between 26th and 27th. If you look west, there's a big field uh, and a parking lot. A lot of people go there to surf and, and, and to, you know, run their dog or just hang out and the views are amazing. And it it was named Bruce's beach back in 2007. So just 13 years ago, it was acknowledged, but Bruce's beach was a section of Manhattan beach carved out for, um, the black community to own and utilize the beach, beach, Beaches were restricted to the black community in the early 1900s, but 26th to 27th in Manhattan Beach uh, was carved out for for the black community. And uh, the Bruce family, Willa and Charles Bruce, bought uh, this property along the Strand area for just a little over twelve hundred dollars back in 1912, and they established a a a resort. Um, the development included a bathhouse and dining house for blacks and and gave them public access to the beach. And so it was this budding black community in Manhattan Beach. And of course, as you've seen in history, the white community felt threatened. They were upset about it. And um, I think it frustrated the white community for whatever reason at that time. And essentially, they were intimidated by uh, the locals, the Ku Klux Klan um, attempted to get the city to take back the land um, from the Bruce family. Um, and, and eventually the city did, Manhattan Beach, um, under the pretense of building a city park. Of course, it. Was, you know, 26th to 27th that they picked out to build the city park. And they uh, probably enforced, or, and I, I, I need to look up on it a little bit more, but their rights to eminent domain and took the land from the Bruce family and turned it into a park. And not until 2007 was this recognized as the horrible atrocity that it is and was renamed to Bruce's Beach. Um, Manhattan Beach, you know, during the ceremony, uh, you know, said it was an event exhibiting, quote, a deep tide of goodwill, unquote. So I think the intention was obviously very good by Manhattan Beach. A deep tide of goodwill um, by renaming a piece of land for someone that had it taken from them for the color of their skin It's a step, but a very, very small step um, for the Bruce family, and if I read it correctly, I believe the Bruce family's grandchildren were in attendance on the ceremony, and I'm sure they were happy to have their family recognized, but I can't help but imagine uh, being those grandchildren looking over that incredible park and the views and the five to ten million dollar properties that their grandparents owned multiple multiple lots and a commercial property that would be worth tens of millions of dollars today and not cringe of going thanks for the the renaming but man um we sure would love to still have this this property in our name uh and and so I don't blame the the city representatives or the city. Obviously, the people who renamed it did not have anything or I would hope had nothing to do with what happened in the early 1900s. But it's a very, very small step in the right directions. And I think we need to have more discussions around how do you make these instances right? And and if it is a city park, um you know, and and it's been documented from a historical standpoint. Um, those grandchildren, the Bruce family, uh, you may have to talk about. Do they have rights to those lands? Because if there's a deed restriction and someone discovers it forty years later, um, the deed restriction plays as long as it's legal and enforceable. And. You know, does the Bruce family have a claim that it was, uh, you know, do you go back retroactively or does our country go to a time going, hey, uh, it's now retroactive. Any uh, Anything that would be illegal now based on someone's skin and land being taken from them, they they have rights to, to compensation or being able to take back that land where it, it could be t- taken back. That is a whole huge conversation and i'm not saying one side or the other is correct but i think looking at that park and that it was taken from a family um that could have made them you know 10 that could could put their family's net worth at tens of millions maybe hundreds of millions of dollars um and and just get a name out of the park um it has to rub salt into the wound. And if I could ever get them onto this very small show in its infancy and get their opinion, you know, that might be something we, we get down the road. Um, So anyway, I'll leave Bruce's beach at that. I'll write on it on another topic. And down the road, I'm going to be interviewing um, uh, people that I have worked with as co-listing agents, um, black real estate agents. I've hired black real estate agents to represent uh, myself and properties I've owned, sell, and then uh, you know been hired by by black clients to sell their property in the South Bay and help them buy, and I'm going to try and uh, cover some interviews with them and their feelings and how they felt uh, in the real estate process in the South Bay, if they felt discrimination or even thought about it, um, and just share that with everyone and and get their perspective and and spread the story. So I'll be posting that in a blog post in the future. Uh, The next podcast will be on May data, the May 2020 data and how we're coming out of the pandemic here. I'm going to try and record that in the next couple of days and have it shortly after. And my blog uh, will be covering some of the latest real estate news as a result of a pandemic. So everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for digging into the real estate details of kind of our ugly real estate past and And hope you uh, are supporting the Black Lives Matter movement for a better and, and more equitable place for everyone here in our country and, uh, we'll keep up the fight and, and hopefully, uh, more of you can join me in not staying silent on this. So have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time on the Richard Haynes real estate show. See ya.